started out with. Okay, here's the nugget. The most costly thing God ever did, the most costly thing that God ever did Going one more time. The most costly thing God ever did was to love you and me. That takes a lot. It cost, cost him everything to get you and I. He planted a seed in, in Jesus and he got a harvest of you and me and plus many others. Okay. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we can, as we look to your word, Father God, that our hearts are open, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, as we receive it, Father God, great and mighty thoughts and thanks go to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday, anybody know what yesterday was? Veterans Day, uh, we celebrated a very special holiday. And in fact, I think this Monday, the banks and I think the post office also celebrated. In another way, they'll be closed because it was on the weekend. Um, it, it, isn't, it wasn't Thanksgiving, even though it was the day of giving thanks. It wasn't Independence Day, even though it is a day to celebrate freedom. It wasn't Valentine's Day, even though it was a date to think about love. The holiday we celebrated yesterday is called Veterans Day. This holiday was celebrated in many countries around the world. Not on this day, but different days also. Um, and in some countries it's called uh, um, Remembrance Day or Armistice Day. Um, no matter what we call it, uh, it's to honor the men and women who served in the military at the time. Okay, uh, I know Canada calls it Remembrance Day, and there's a couple other countries that also calls calls it Remembrance Day. It's a time to say thanks to for the sacrifices that uh, the veterans have made. It's a time to think about the freedoms that we enjoy because they were willing to serve. It's a time to think, think about love, the love they showed for their country and their fellow men. On November 11th, 1918, after World War I, Congress declared a national holiday. It was called Armistice Day, and every November uh, 11th, since that time is called uh, is Veterans Day or Armistice Day, and then in 1953, the name was changed to Veterans Day. So it was Armistice Day, and then now it's Veterans Day. Um, Veterans Day is to give honor and pay tribute to those who served in the military, uh, the men and women uh, that have love, a love for a country, that have great courage, and to stand for freedom. Uh, there remain some of the most patriotic and loyal, committed Americans in the country today. Uh, they are deserving of honor because it cost, and they were will willing to pay it. Um, 
These veterans gave up the safety and security of their own homes when they enlisted or, you know, that, that type of thing. They gave up security. They left out behind their families and friends. Uh, some surrendered their personal plans for education and a career by enlisting. Now, since we're talking about veterans, some suffered the loss of their eyesight. Some suffered the loss of their limbs or a limb. Um, some became permanently disfigured. Um, many paid the ultimate sacrifice with their lives. This is what, these are the men and women that uh, we give thanks to. We should give thanks and appreciation and respect for what they have done. Veterans have a very have given very uh, pardon me, veterans have given so very much, but the most precious gift of all is what they gave us part of themselves. Okay. Uh, for the sacrifices that, that they have paid, uh, we need to honor our veterans. So how, how are we to celebrate uh, veterans? They're across the nation. There were parades yesterday, uh, speeches. I know uh, Vice President Pence uh, spoke at a, a veterans uh, rally, if you want to call it. Uh, uh, you can fly the flag in your yard to remind others of this day that there's an honor for those that have served. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're about done. Shall we go home? Uh, we need to spend time in prayer for those that, those that are still in the military, those that are injured, have, have uh, been injured and are still recuperating and, and healing. And we need to give thanks to God for those who served and defended the cause of freedom. Um, and especially we need to remember those that have died defending this cause of freedom. Um, Veterans Day we should take very seriously. Uh, we can be happy that because the sacrifice that these brave men and women gave we can uh, enjoy the freedoms we have today. We can also be happy that even though many of these brave soldiers died in battle, that is not the end of their story. For those who put their trust in God, received Jesus as, Lord, uh, as personal Savior, they'd be raised up together with all believers. And that's a promise from God's Word. So let's turn to the book of Job for a moment. It's the book of Job just before the book of Psalms. Job chapter 19. This is a promise that we can have. Job 19, verse 25, or beginning with verse 25. Job chapter 19, verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. 
Verse 26, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet my flesh shall see God. Glory to God. Amen. We shall see God. When we are resurrected, uh, now turn to the book of Luke. To confirm that, we want to go to Luke chapter 20. Okay, Luke chapter 20. Okay, let's go to uh, verse 35. Luke chapter 20, verse 25, uh, 35. But they which uh, shall be accounted worthy to be obtained the world, and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given to marriage. So they're resurrected. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are children of God, being the children of the resurrection. So glory to God. Resurrection. They shall live again. Okay, praise God. So we're, we're going to talk about some military people in the Bible. So let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. That's Matthew chapter 8, and we will begin with verse 5. And when Jesus had, was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come in under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man of authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out in outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, thou hast believed, so it be it done unto thee. Glory to God. Note, uh, a centurion in, in, the, in Jesus' time was a military leader in the Roman army. And uh, centurion means a commander of 100 men. But they usually had maybe two groups with them, so they still call them centurions. And notice in verse uh, 5 through 8, we read it. Uh, well, let's go down to uh, verse 8. And the centurion said, to the Lord, I am not worthy that thou shalt come under my, under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. 
He gave honor to the Lord by saying, uh, you don't need it, just speak. This man knew authority. Because he had, he said, I have men under me and servants under me. They, they, I say, come, they come. They say, go, go and do this and do that. So he's telling Jesus, I know you have authority. You just speak the word only and it should be done. Um, you are like the centurion. Or we should be like the centurion. We should know who Je we know who Jesus is. We need to be able to speak to the situation and have it change. Okay. Um, every time in, in the New Testament, every time a centurion is mentioned, uh, it's always with something favorable. So let's look at this. Let's go to Matthew tw chapter twenty-seven. This is after Jesus has been crucified. That's Matthew chapter 27. Of course, there were soldiers at Jesus' crucifixion. Look what this centurion says. That's Matthew 27, look at verse 54. Now, when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. They under, he understood something was taking place. This is the Son of God. I mean... Wow, we need to come alive here. Let's go to the book of Acts. Let's go further. What else, what else uh, has soldiers said or centurion said here? In Acts chapter 10. Look at verse 1, Acts 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a what? Centurion, a military man. Verse 2, a devout man, one that, that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and he prayed to God always. Wow. This is, this Cornelius the centurion, this military man, is the first Gentile convert in this area. Verse 3, And he saw a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to, unto him, saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked upon him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before, before God. What did this guy do? He was given alms. He was doing what? He was accomplishing what? What did you write on your check this morning or your envelope? A covenant blessing. This man, 
This man understood covenant blessings. And it came to pass. God says, I've, I, I, I've heard your prayers and your covenant blessings. Well, God has heard your prayers, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe, and you shall receive. He's heard your prayers, and he knows that you've given covenant blessings, and guess what's going to take place? Deuteronomy 1, 11, a thousand times. Amen. I mean, when you write that, God's, you're shaking God's table. I remember this. I rem you said a thousand times. Amen. I mean, that's, what's God going to do? Well, I don't remember that. He says, let us reason together. And I said, let us reason together. And now you're, you're reminding him a thousand times I'm going to be blessed. But you have to bring it up to him. He wants you to have fellowship to speak forth his word. And this is his word. God, I'm trusting your word. It says, you'll open the windows of heaven before me. I'll, I'll. And here it says, a thousand times, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, running over, run, pressed down, shaken together, pressed down, more, more, shaken together. Running over. That's a thousand times. Oh. Oh. Some of us are just saying, well, if I only can get this. No. Above and beyond that which you ask or dream or think. His thoughts are towards us more than the sands of the sea. Well, all of us brushed our hair. Most of us brushed our hair this morning. Brian maybe didn't brush his hair, I don't think. But he, had, he has the hairs numbered on our head. He cares that much for you. Wow. His thoughts over all the sands of the sea, and he wants... A thousand times the blessing to overtake you, overtake me. I mean, when are we going to open up to receive it? Okay. Some of us say, well, you know, I, I can't do that. You know, people would think, you know, if I got that, people would say, you know, um, they're just, I'm displaying too much, you know, of this or that, you know, showing off because I got this or that. God, God says, hey. I want you to be a show-off. People ought to say, hey, there goes a Christian. They got, they're blessed. I want to be like them. You know, you know, he doesn't want you walking around in raggedy old shoes and say, well, don't want to be anything like that. They're, they're, they believe God and they got nothing. He says, I want you to be blessed where people recognize it. Amen. Go, go, for, go for it if you're going to say so.
today, if we receive it, it's going to happen. Yes. Amen. I mean, it's right there. Well, since you brought that up, let's... Let's go to... We're way off now. Let's go to Mark 11. We, we spoke on this the other day. Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, Jesus speaking, What things so ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them. You have to believe that you receive them. You didn't say you had in your possession, but you receive them. It's like... Uh, When you go to the dealership and buying a car, you say, I want this car. And they say, well, it'll be here tomorrow. And you sign that paper. When did you get the car? But you don't get the car physically until maybe the next day or if they had to bring it from another lot or maybe it was being special ordered. But when did you get the car? When you signed it, when you, when you believed you... You sign for it. Then, once you believe, you receive, I received it, the manifestation's got to take place. Like I said the other day, it might be a minute, could be an hour, it could be a week, it could be a month, it might be a year before you receive it, but you will receive it. You just can't say, well, I, I, I signed the papers, but I never got it. Abraham told God, yeah, you told me I'm a father of many nations, but I ain't got a son yet. He said, you have to believe you receive. And boy, that was a test on Abraham's part. He had to wait 24 years for that boy. And he was getting older as the days went by. Oh, wow. Okay, let's, let's go back. Again, uh, Cornelius was the first Gentile convert. Glory to God in, in that area. Okay, uh, Acts chapter 21. We're, we're looking at military people this morning. Acts chapter 21. First, uh, let's go to verse 30. That's Acts 21, 30. And all the city was moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and uh, forthwith with the doors were shut. And as they went about to kill him, tidings came from the chief captain of the band, that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and the centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating 
of Paul. So we see here, centurions came down and, and helped Paul out. They were going to kill Paul, and centurions uh, rescued Paul from these people. Hey, we need good people in, in the service. Okay, let's go to, uh, drop down to verse 39. Um, that's, again, chapter, well, not 39, pardon me. Uh, let's go to chapter 27. This time, the verse 39. This is the shipwreck. Remember, Paul was being taken. Verse 39. And when it was day, they knew that not the land, and they discovered that a certain creek that was uh, with the shore and when, uh, into which they were minded, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors and, and commi uh, committed themselves unto the sea and loosened the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore, and falling into place, there were two, uh, two seas met. They ran the ship aground, and the fore part stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with violence of the waves. And the soldier's counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest anyone should swim out and escape. Well, who was the prisoner here? One of prisoners, Paul. But verse 43, look what here. Look. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose. So we see that, you know, sometimes military people help us out. Amen? So a centurion, again, saved Paul's life. Going back to Matthew chapter 8. We started off with this, Matthew chapter 8, at least with the military here. Matthew chapter 8. Don't you think that Paul was happy that there were some soldiers around him. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8. This is where uh, Jesus is uh, speaking uh, to the centurion. Looking at verse, oh, let's start with verse 5 again. Then Jesus went and entered into Capernaum. There came unto him a centurion, a soldier, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. What's the soldier saying? I have a servant at home that's sick and grievously tormented. He's showing his love and compassion for this servant. Amen. Glory to God. Verse 8, the centurion, well, let's go to verse 7. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. So the centurion, again, notices Jesus' authority. And that's when he goes into the thing about um, how he's a man of authority. Verse 10. 
When Jesus heard it, he, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. God, Jesus honors this centurion for his faith. We need to be like the centurion. We need to have our faith going forth. Amen? In fact, Jesus even makes the comment, he's never seen such great faith in all, all of Israel. He's come to his own people and he says, this centurion has greater faith than all of Israel, anybody found in Israel at the time. Um, so this centurion shows uncommon faith in Jesus. True faith honors the Lord Jesus. And God honors true faith. When we, with, with our faith, we honor Jesus. And when we have that faith go forth, God honors our faith and brings it forth. Again, Centurion said, just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. True faith is taking the Lord at his word. We have to, when we hear the word, we need to receive it. Just like we just looked at Mark 11, uh, verse 24. Pray, believe, receive, then ye shall have. Glory to God. Uh, verse 13. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, thou hast believeth, so be, it unto, so be it done unto thee. Because you believe, it's going to come to pass, just like you believe. Yeah. Now, how is this, this individual believing? He says, heal my, my well, what does he say here? Verse 11, uh, 6. Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. So he believed that this, this palsy and this torment would go. He wouldn't say, well, maybe, maybe the Lord will take away the torment, just take away the pain, but he still had the palsy. No, he believed that Jesus would heal the whole thing. We need to, when we pray, we need to believe the whole thing, not just you know, part of it. Well, I'm not too sure. Don't allow doubt to come in and... and um, Wreck your belief. Matthew 7. Right there, we just back up the chapter. Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. What did, the, what did this centurion do? Ask. He sought for, for deliverance and it was granted. Amen. True faith sees the invisible. True faith sees the invisible. Romans chapter 7. Uh, pardon me. Romans chapter 4. Something we, we look at quite a bit. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, but before him whom 
he believed in even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be, uh, which be not as though they were. So, faith sees the impossible or the invisible. Faith believes the impossible. Verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that it might become the father, that he might become the father's man, according to that which he had spoken. So the word which is spoken or read, you have to believe to see the impossible come to pass. And faith receives the incredible. This is something incredible. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that he had promised, he was able to perform. There's the impossible or the incredible. This talking about Abraham, 100 years of age. That's one thing. But Sarah was 90 plus. There's yet, I mean, you get two old people, something's, ha- something's happening here. Something glorious happened. Okay. Just wrapping it up in this area. It was a veteran, not a minister, that gives us freedom of religion. Because he goes out and fights for it. It is the veteran, not the reporter, that gives us freedom of the press. It is the veteran, not the poet, that gives us freedom of speech. It is the veteran, not the lawyer, who gives us a right to fair trial. It's the veteran, not the politician, who gives us a right to vote. Okay. I know it's supposed to be in here someplace. There it is. We're going to be looking at the communion table at this point. The most important purpose for existence is to give God glory and to enjoy him. Give God glory and and to enjoy him. And he wants to enjoy us. To serve and to live in fellowship with him forever. That's what it it all turned out. It started out to be. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Adam and Eve had had the perfect surrounding. Unfortunately, uh, they fell. But glory to God, Jesus came and changed it all. So in communion, uh, it's remembering thanking, and being humble to receive. Uh, Taking communion is a sacred, powerful act. It's a vital part of the New Testament. It's symbolic of deliverance that we have. So let's go all the way back. Let's go to the very first can't say communion, but the, the Passover. And that's chapter 12 of Exodus. And we want to go to verse 13. They were to, well, just prior to that, uh, they were 
Uh, verse 5 says, Your lamb, they were to take a lamb for a household. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. In other words, this is their very best offering. This is the very best offering. Verse 11. Thus you shall eat it with your loins gird, your shoes on your feet, and the staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in the haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Verse 12. For, this, for I will pass through this land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Glory to God. Verse 13. And the blood shall be a token upon the houses where ye are. And when, ye shall, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and, I, and, pl- and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you I, when I smite the land of Egypt. So uh, the Passover was a shedding of blood. It granted the, the children of Israel immunity from death. Uh, let's go to the book of Romans. All, something that we've all read. So uh, All these things are familiar. In the book of Romans, chapter 3. Uh, we fell into this uh, mess. This is the mess that we were in. Romans chapter 3, looking at verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think we've all heard that at one time, and some people add a little bit more to that. But uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, Then go to chapter 6 of Romans. All of sin come short of the glory of God. In verse 23 of Romans 6, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the wage of sin is death. Let's uh, back up to the book of John. I'm going to have you just... We've all seen this, but... Uh, Remember, it was a lamb at the first Passover. John chapter 1. John the Baptist is speaking in John chapter 1 and verse 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Is that the one I wanted? Let's go to verse 29. I'm sorry. And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There's our Lamb, the perfect Lamb. The Lamb of God. And I know I have you jumping around this this morning a lot, but uh, Isaiah 53, familiar uh, verse, Isaiah 53. Verse 5, it says, He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was, was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Glory to God. So the, the body of, of Jesus 
We are healed through his stripes. Oh, glory to God. I mean, you, you, this happened some 2,000 years ago, but it, it's still viable. Stripes on Jesus. I, I imagine when we get to heaven, and if Jesus took off his robe, if we could, you know, we, it says we'll see the holes in his hands, in his feet, in his side. But if he would take off his robe and show us his back, it'd be, you see all the scars that uh, was inflicted, uh, the torment that was inflicted upon him, showing us that uh, by his stripes we are healed. That's, that's something, wow. Then let's go to, since we're, well, let's now go to First um, Corinthians, which will take us into where we're going to be at right now. First Corinthians chapter 11. Something we read. First Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 23, uh, verse 27. Uh, well, let's go all the way to verse 23. Paul is saying, For I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do, do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, after the same manner, he also took the cup, which he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do is off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show forth the Lord's death till he comes. Okay, his death gave us the healing and the cleansing of our sins. Verse 27 goes on and says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthy shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Wow, that's heavy. And let's go to the end of the, your Bible, almost. Go to 1 John. That's 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, putting those two together, 1 Corinthians uh, 11, there's an area that uh, if we have messed up, it says we need to judge ourselves. And when we judge ourselves, we should take 1 John 1, 9 and remove any guilt that we have, any sin that we have. We have to remember that Jesus died for us. Jesus provided healing. Jesus grants us forgiveness. Thank God for his plan of love and salvation towards us. Amen. So if we can have, I guess we just come up one by one here. Not one by one, but just come up and pick up our em emblems. You can play some music there, Heather, on this.
says, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The bread that you hold in your hand represents his body, and by his stripes are we healed. That bread is, if you really look at it, it's kind of nasty looking. It's got bruises all over it, got stripes on it. And it's not something that uh, is pleasing. But he said, by his stripes we were healed. He incurred on his body that which Satan wanted to put on us, and he took it. Matthew 11, I think it's verse 7, says he sees violently sickness and diseases. He just didn't take it gently from us. He violently ripped it out of us. We just have to recall what he said. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for this bread which represents the atoning blessings, Father God. In Jesus' name. The cup representing blood. That's established in the New Testament. That by his, his shedding of blood, all sin is washed away. And thank you, Lord, that you gave your life, your blood, that our sin would be washed away, that we become part of the family of God because of your love for us. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Looks like there might be sun, form of sun out there. Again, this is November. Next week we celebrate Thanksgiving. Our midweek service, we'll know, we won't have it, but we get to have a pot blessing next Sunday the 19th. So prepare. I'll stand. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Thousand times more than you think. Hold God to his word. I mean...
when you sign a contract with somebody, when you're at your job, you sign a contract, you're going to work for that individual, and at the, at the end of the pay period, you expect what? Get paid. Well, God signed a contract, and, and you just... Tell me your heart's desires, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, expect it. This is above, above, above and beyond what you ask, think, or dream. You know, a thousand times more than what you thought. Some of us need to, to expand our mind and what he wants to give us. You say, wow, I've never been this high before. He'll take you higher. So, Father, we praise you and just give you thanks, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are your children, Father God. We are blood-washed, Father God. Father God, your word says the redeemed shall say so, Father God. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we are the head and not the tail, Father God. We are your children, Father God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, Father, we praise you and just give you thanks, Lord, for the multi-blessings, Father God, the covenant blessings, Father God, that you placed upon us. Thank you, Lord, as we go our separate ways this day, Father God, that we are blessed, and Father God, we can be a blessing to those that we come in contact with. And everyone that agreed said? Amen. Thank you.